We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're here to tell you, well, we're here to talk about the 49ers, and that's why you're here, is to listen about the 49ers. But before we do that, we got to tell you about our homies over at Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. Lamb Chops is the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. SGLambChops.com. When you go there, use promo code CANDLESTICK20, get 20% off your order. It is fashionable clothing. It is comfortable clothing. There's shorts. There's jackets. There's hoodies. There's sweatpants. I mean, anything you could want for any season. It's all comfortable. And Chris, it all looks dope. Which is obviously the most important thing, is looking dope. The very most important. So get to SGLambChops.com today. They got a winter line coming out. It all looks incredible. And you're going to look dope in it. And we all know how important that is. SGLambChops.com. Promo code, <laughs> promo code Candlestick20. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Cooperage, cooperagebrewing.com. That's the website. If you go there and you order a case of beer and you're 21 or older and in the state of California, they'll ship it to your front door. It's the best way. There's You're hanging out at home. Maybe you work from home. Maybe you're taking a day off. That doorbell rings. You walk out there. They got a case of beer. You sign for it. And you have delicious Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA at your front door. And you didn't have to, didn't even have to leave the house. It's the best. I got a new camera set up in my uh, in my rig here. And uh, you can you can see the, the Candy Cron Hazy IPA right over my right shoulder here. Um yeah, you, you move. Something's going on with your there. camera. You're a little grainy, but we'll we'll figure this out as we go. But no, obviously, Cooperage, uh, the beer is as good as any you will find in the North Bay. We all know about the North Bay beer scene and all of the prominent names up there. I would argue till the end of me that uh, Cooperage is as good as anything you'll get in the North Bay. And I know for a fact a lot of people who hang out at some of the big name Big name breweries, maybe even some um, investors at big name breweries like to go to Cooperage uh, after hours because that's that's where they prefer to go drink. And I think that speaks hmm. volumes and the uh, the beer speaks for itself. So check out CooperageBrewing.com. And if you're in Santa Rosa, obviously go check out the brewery. Hey, this is George Kittle and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. I can't help but notice, Chris, with your new camera setup, and you can check us out at youtube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast, or you can just go to YouTube and search Candlestick Chronicles right there. Please like and subscribe. I noticed that you have a new camera setup here. Yeah. Your camera's a little, little bit higher. So we a little get different a, angle. We get a better view of your background. And did you hire Connor Stallions? <laughs> Seems is to be that, uh, peeking is he, in from he, back there in Ohio State garb. See in disguise in uh in in a 
Brutus the Buckeye fit over my uh, over my driver. Trash name, name by the way. <laughs> Brutus. Come on. I didn't name him. I did. Well, I, did, I know that. Okay. It's how about this? Name. What what mascot has an awesome name? Sourdough Sam. Great name. I think the only one that I really like is probably Sir Purr. I think that's the uh, the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> is it, <laughs> I don't is know. Is it Robbie Anderson? In the video of him, he's like, that's what you call him? Sir Purr? Like, if you see him walking, you go, what's up, Sir Purr? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there are a whole lot of mascot names where you go like, oh, man, awesome, awesome mascot name. Stomper? Stomper's a great mascot name. Stomper Stomper's an elephant. Yeah. Lucille? bad mascot name <laughs> doesn't do anything for me does nothing so brutus what is this a popeye villain uh camera ian in the uh in the chat is is saying can we acknowledge that chris's camera is ultra k hd 4k right now you know what it's just my phone um just got that like tracks. a just got a mount well like apple does this stuff the continuity camera where you can just use your phone as a webcam and it's like you look at webcam prices and boy, have I, and uh, <laughs> like, why, why would I buy a crazy expensive webcam when, you know, I'm already paying for this phone Sure. and like, it already has a camera on it and it turns out it actually looks pretty good. So shouts, yeah, shouts to Apple, plucky little uh, up and coming company there. I might, I might invest. Apple. I'm thinking about investing. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be a terrible idea. Let's talk about Brock Purdy. He has... Mm-hmm. Officially started 17 games. He has a full season sample size under his belt now. Our buddy Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member who covers the 49ers for ESPN, did a really great breakdown of Purdy's first 17 games. And taking a look at some of the discussion points about Purdy and labeling them fact or fiction and then laying out the numbers and some observations that go along with those factor fiction proclamations. And honestly, I'm not just saying this because Nick is a friend of mine, but it was the it was a very good, unbiased, non-emotional, here's what he does well, here's what he needs to do better take on Brock Purdy. And it was really refreshing given the discourse typically. Yeah, we we tweeted it out on the on the candy candle cron um, X Twitter for whatever it's called X formerly Twitter. Yep. It's on there the uh, the candle cron account. Um, so go no stick no ickles no stick no ickles absolutely. Um, go give it a read for yourself. But um, there are a few there are a few bullet points here in this thing, and and maybe I'll share it on the screen here in a second. But um, Nick starts out with just talking about the fact that you know if you include the playoffs. And the Miami game uh, where he replaced Jimmy Garoppolo in the first half of that one. And, you know, if you if you count the NFC championship game, you know, you get to roughly 17 full games. Right. So he, he basically missed a drive in the Dolphins game and then got most of the drive in the Philly game. Right. So. Right. So in so. Purdy's 17 starts, Nick writes, the Niners have gone 13 and four. He ranks second in the NFL in QBR, 72.7. First in yards per attempt, 8.9. Sixth in completion rate, 68.1. Fifth in touchdown passes, 31. And third in touchdown interception ratio. Jeez. So just purely by the numbers, right? Brock Purdy, from a production standpoint, is playing like one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. And obviously, we're not necessarily saying that he's one of the best five quarterbacks in the league. Um, because but raw production. Raw production, just like yes. what the numbers are versus the rest of the league. Right. Um, that's that's where Brock Purdy sits. So um, Nick does sort of a factor fiction thing. One of his bits here is Purdy throws only to open wide open pass catchers, and he says fiction. Um, scroll down a little bit. Purdy's tight window throw percentage is 10.8%, which is the third lowest in the NFL, a sign that he isn't forcing the ball to someone who isn't open. For context, mm-hmm. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has the lowest percentage in the league in this category. So Patrick Mahomes, who is the consensus best quarterback in the league, yeah, right? by probably by a lot, throws the fewest tight window passes in the league. So like you don't have to be a a elite passer or like leading the NFL in tight window throws to you know to be productive. Um, 
so <laughs> go, go ahead. It's just, we get so, people get, I don't even want to say we, because it's not you and I, and it's, I doubt it's anybody listening to this, get so caught up in like the ceiling and what yeah. could be with quarterbacks that guys like Purdy just kind of get overlooked because, oh, they're not fitting uh, what's the ill-advised passes into tight windows. So, ergo, they're just not doing anything in the offense and it's all the scheme and the playmakers. And A, that's ridiculous, but B, what Nick writes here really dispels a lot of that that notion. Yeah, so then Nick goes on to say, next-gen stats categorizes wide-open throws as those on which a pass catcher has five-plus yards of separation when the ball arrives, right? Purdy's mm-hmm. 21.3% wide-open percentage ranks 20th in the NFL. So he's not this dude that is just like benefiting solely from scheme. Like obviously he benefits, right? And Nick goes on to talk about that. Um, the the skill guys, Nick writes, all play a big role in Purdy ranking second behind Patrick Mahomes in the NFL in yards after the catch per completion since he became the starter. What's more, Purdy's pass catchers are averaging 1.6 yards after the catch more than expected, which is first in the NFL. The next closest team, the Houston Texans are at 0.98. So Kyle Shanahan's scheme and the players that are catching the ball are good at getting yards after the catch. And so that's something that we factor in when we talk about Purdy. Um, Nick talks about Purdy needing to take care of the ball. And obviously the interceptions coming late in games mm-hmm. when the 49ers are, uh, have been trailing, have, have been problematic. I'm trying to find the right graph here. Um, anyway, I don't know that we really need to dive into that one so much. Um, but let's, let's go to this one. Purdy does Purdy not only doesn't throw deep, but often struggles when he does. Um, and that's been, I think that's probably been one of the most, like one of the biggest fallacies is like, because Mm -hmm. he doesn't have the arm we associate with the elite guys, um, that like, he's somehow like struggles, to, to push the ball downfield when really he pushes the ball downfield far better than any quarterback the 49ers have had since Kyle Shanahan's been there. Right. Um, so since he took over as the Niners quarterback, Purdy's 7.5 air yards per attempt ranks 19th in the league ahead of Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and others. His 19.25 true air distance per completion is 12th and his 10.5% of his throws travel 20 plus air yards, which is 16th ahead of many of the biggest names at the position and a major uptick from years past. Niners quarterbacks threw Hmm. 8.1% of their attempts, 20 plus yards from 2017 until Purdy took over last in the NFL. More important, and this is how Nick wraps it up, Purdy has been good at taking shots down the field. Among qualified quarterbacks, he's fourth in completion rate, 52%, ninth in yards, 779, eighth in yards per attempt, 15.6, tied for six in touchdown six, and eighth in QBR, 93.2 which is a crazy number, 93.2, on throws traveling 20-plus air yards. So um, go give go give that a look. Um, apologies if that was just me reading some some stuff. But I, I, was, I, th- <laughs> I thought Nick did a really good job of, um, of breaking the whole, the whole thing down because there is so much discussion about Purdy and what he's good at and what he isn't good at and eye tests and stats and context and all of that stuff that like i i think that's probably the best thing that's been out there on the internet so far aside you know aside from like maybe jto sullivan's like film breakdowns um when it comes to like really breaking down what brock Purdy's good at and and obviously what he needs to work on and you know like i think purdy is you know i i if he wins a Super Bowl, like no one, you can't take a Super Bowl away from from any quarterback, right? But there's there's context there too. Like Nick Foles has won a Super Bowl. Kyle's having a little bit of connection issues, it would seem. But I'll keep yammering here. Um, if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl and he continues putting up numbers like this, I think the conversation is ultimately going to change, right? So I think it's going to be, um. You know, I don't know that the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl, but if the if Brock Purdy does win a Super Bowl, then it's going to be more that 
Brock Purdy is actually playing at a super high level and it's not just Kyle Shanahan and his surrounding weapons propping him up. Right. Um, but if Brock Purdy isn't good enough in the playoffs, then it'll be this thing where, okay, Brock Purdy's really good in the regular season and he's, um, but he's, but he just hasn't gotten it done yet in the playoffs and barring like catastrophe, I think to Nick's point, Purdy's going to be the Niners starter for, I mean, that there's, there's no reason to think that the Niners are going to be replacing Brock Purdy anytime soon. Yeah. The only, the only, the only question is that when it comes time to pay him after 2025, 24, after 2024, no, 25, that's his fourth year. That's the last year of his contract. So when it comes time, but he's to pay eligible him, after he'll be eligible after next year, right? After but let's, year three. So unless he wins a Super Bowl, I'm I'm guessing they'll probably wait till after twenty five. But still, the question is going to be if if you keep coming up short in the playoffs because of the quarterback, it's going to be a question of whether you pay him forty plus million dollars a year to be the dude, and that's when it'll become a question. But until that contract's up, I think the value of paying him $14 an hour or whatever it is, is <laughs> is probably more valuable to them than than going and getting Kirk Cousins and paying him 45 a year. So Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burrow's 27. It's kind of wild. It feels like that's where he feels like I'm, a guy who should be like 23, 24. Yeah, he was in college forever, um, but he's making 55 million. Ohio a year. State Joe- legend. Yes, shout out. Um, Joe Burrow's making $55 million a year. Justin Herbert's making 52.5. Lamar Jackson's making 52. Jalen Hurts is making 51. Russell Wilson's making 49. Kyler Murray is making 46.1. These are all just average per year. Um, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's making 46. Patrick Mahomes is down to 45 because um, I think he renegotiated his deal. Yes. But point is, like Brock Purdy, if he continues playing like this, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not, he's going to be in that mix of $50 million a year. Like, I don't think that's, I just, it's the going rate. And especially and by 2025. Yeah. The, like the numbers are only going to go up. Right. Yeah. And so like, that's, that's ultimately going to be the real interesting thing. If he wins a Super Bowl, you pay him. If he wins that's multiple right. playoff games, you pay him. If the 49ers flame out earlier than expected, I mean, there are a lot of teams that would take winning multiple playoff games. No doubt. But if they go, so let's see, 23, 24, let's say they go to the next three NFC title games. And they all go roughly how the 2021 NFC title game went, where it's just like, man, they could not close it out in the fourth quarter. It got tied. The quarterback had nothing for them. And then they were behind by three and the quarterback had. If it's like that, then I have I have questions about giving a player like that forty five to fifty million dollars. But yeah. again, that's all. But that's just pure speculation. What we have of Brock Purdy right now is that he elevates the offense to a higher level than where Jimmy Garoppolo got it. And if that's the case, and he's even a little bit better in those situations in the postseason, and it gets them over the hump, then great. I mean, all signs point to them being better in those spots. But because of the injury last year, we we haven't gotten to see it yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, the Giants paid Daniel Jones $40 million a year after he won one. And that was dumb. Right. But I'm just saying, like, that's just what the market is. It's not the best quarterback who gets paid. It's the guy who's next in line who gets paid. Right, no like Jimmy Garoppolo became the highest paid player in NFL history on the strength of five starts. No, I, no, I get that. But if you're the 49ers and, and Kyle Shanahan and you've built this awesome team that continues to be awesome with Brock Purdy at quarterback, but you're never getting over the hump, then instead of paying that guy $50 million and reconstructing your team because of the money that you're paying to the quarterback – you could punt and draft a couple of guys and try and figure it out that way. Yeah, you could. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's going to be interesting regardless, but 
and who knows, maybe Purdy falls off a cliff. But if what we've seen over the last 17 games is what's to be expected, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, and even if it's just, I mean, he set the bar with winning multiple playoff games as a rookie, Mm -hmm. right? So like he's already, he already has that on his resume. And there are a lot of teams paying quarterbacks that have not won playoff games for them. Namely like Kyler Murray, uh, Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert, um, you know, Russell Wilson hasn't won anything for the Broncos. He has a Super Bowl on his resume, but you know, Deshaun Watson's he hasn't won anything for Cleveland, right? Like there are guys getting paid. Dak Prescott is making forty million dollars a year, and we've seen Brock Purdy outplay Dak Prescott both times that they've played, mm-hmm. um, including in the playoffs, right? So I like we can nitpick on whether or not Brock Purdy should be among the league's highest yeah. paid players, but if he continues on this trajectory, there's no doubt in my mind that he will be. Yeah, I'm I, I I think you're right. And I think that's an important caveat here. Is I'm throwing out the hypothetical of here's a situation where you wouldn't pay him. But yeah. that not only is this 17 it is his first 17 games as a starter. And I think that matters here in the context of what does this look like in two or three years? Because I think he's better this year than he was last year. And if there's another even if it's a small jump, because I think just his 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 lack of overall just arm strength is going to limit his his ceiling a little bit. But if he can be a better decision maker, if he continues to be a good playmaker outside the pocket, and maybe maybe um, adds to I, I don't know a rushing element to his game or something like that, where maybe he's scrambling a little bit more often and and picking up some free yards that way where you just start to get a little bit more dynamic, even if it's a tiny bit, then I think you're going to get an even better version of the Purdy we've seen over the first 17 games. And I, I, I think, think that's, that's optimistic, but I don't think it's overly so. I think one thing that is very fair to question about Brock Purdy right now, when you think about the long-term picture is the ability to come back from behind. Right. Yes. And that's, you know, we, we've we've been talking about it the last few weeks with Kyle Shanahan overall, like being 0-38 going into the fourth quarter down eight points or more is not a good stat. It just isn't. And bad like stat. bad stat. And there are going to be times there are going to be bad times stat, potentially potentially in the playoffs. Right. Like that's that's one thing that like Patrick Mahomes has. Right. Like he did that in the Super Bowl. It looked like the 49ers <laughs> were going to win the Super Bowl. Mm hmm. And then Patrick Mahomes went crazy. Like we haven't He's done seen... that. He did that. He did that to the Eagles too. Like Patrick Mahomes done yeah. that again and again and again. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. We haven't seen Brock Purdy really come back in any tangible way mm-hmm. in like a really big game. Like the Raiders game last year, fine, whatever. He led the Niners to, you know, the, I, I I say he did enough to win the Cleveland game, right? As ugly as that was, he got the 49ers in position <laughs> to kick that game winning field goal. Yeah, they got right? the 99th pick in the draft in place to kick the game winning field goal. They sure Yeah, did. like that that's that's what you want. And then you could even make the argument that some ridiculous officiating might have swung that game too. Um but well, still I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, there was some really bad officiating in that Cleveland game. Yeah. Um uh, but still like the Minnesota game, those two picks were awful, right? And so, who knows if he was concussed, but even, you know, like the the Cincinnati game next week, yeah the next week, like throwing interceptions when he was behind and deep in, in uh, opponent's territory, right? Like we need to see for us to be fully sold on Brock Purdy in a way, like for us mm-hmm. to be sold on him to the point where we can be sold on him without him winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think the next step is seeing him like come back in a big game against a good team. Well, and that that's that aligns with something else from Nick's article. Sorry, Nick, we're just going to read your article here on the on the pod. Well, we may or may not have invited him to come on like five minutes before he started recording, and <laughs> and he stiffed uh, us, and he stiffed us. So we're just going to give him five minutes. We're oh. just going to gas up his article with, uh, and and he'll just have to not respond. It's so, oh my god, oh my, I've got a cat on my desk. Okay. Hey guys, Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles here to talk to you about Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You don't have to play against against pros or sharks. You just go in, you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and then you watch those winnings roll in. It's super fun. I've been doing it all football season, but 
With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. So that's a that's just a, a different league specifically created uh, for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So quick example here. You can get LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points, three pointers made plus receptions. So if LeBron makes four threes and Travis Kelsey gets seven receptions and you took more than 10.5, bang, bang, you're a winner. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz, you can find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. That's one of my favorite things to do because there's times, you know what? I'm watching a game. I haven't gotten in to do my research to to build a, a DFS entry, a daily fantasy sports entry. So I can just go to the promos tab and I can find a pre-made entry from from one of the prize picks community. And I just play that and I and I ride with them. It's way it's it, I, I like to do my research beforehand. I hate going on tilt and just making random picks, which you can do, but I, I don't like to do that. And if I don't have time to do the research, I just jump in and I can get on one of those pre-made entries. PricePix also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured, which is enormous. That's not something that you're going to find at every daily fantasy sports site. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and then doesn't return at all in the second half, that player gets rebooted. So PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, which is just one of the many, many reasons that I rock with PrizePix. I'm building NBA entries, I'm building NFL entries, and now I'm building those combo entries with NBA and NFL games, it's, I'm telling you, it enhances the sports watching experience uh, top to bottom. It has been one of my favorite things that we've ever gotten to do via this podcast. So um, make sure to go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's how you can join us. You'll see Chris and I talking about it on, on social. You hear us talking about it on the podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to see you join and and we want to see you win as well. And you can do that. Go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> but Nick asked him what what the biggest lesson he's learned in his first 17 games is. Or what is the biggest lesson he's learned in his first 17 games? And he says to not be stupid. Like to take the easy throws, to take what the defense gives you, to not try and force it. And if you can just make a profit on every throw, then you're going to score a lot of points. More or less, I'm paraphrasing. You Read the whole quote. It's really good. But I think that that just has yet to trickle into the come-from-behind end-of-game situation for him right because it it feels like those two interceptions against the vikings he was trying to do too much 
I think the throw to Jennings, he maybe overthrew it a little bit, or Jennings just slipped. I don't know. Maybe it was a timing thing. But the second interception against the Vikings was just kind of an inexcusable, trying to do way too much type of throw. When he had running room, he could have taken a few yards and gotten down and lived to fight another down. That still plays in those situations. Unless there's, you know, three seconds left and it's a heave to the end zone. So that's the that's the thing I think he could improve there. And if he does that, I think it's pretty easy to translate what they do earlier in games to a two-minute drive. It's just a matter of taking what the defense gives you, even in that spot. <laughs> yeah. Am I still freezing? No, you're you're good now. You okay, were so uh, you're freezing happened? earlier. Yeah, no, yeah. Can I, can I tell let's you what break. Happened? Let's break this down. Okay, so shout out, <laughs> not really shout out Xfinity, but shout out Xfinity. <laughs> they sent me. I get. I get a. I, long story short, I get a text message from Xfinity that's like, "Hey, upgrade your stuff. Click this link." I'm like, "You got it, Xfinity. Thanks." So I click on it, and it's like. Order placed. Your package will arrive between August 22nd and August 25th, 2022. And I'm like, what? Have I just been running with this crappy equipment for a year? So I hit them up and obviously they don't give me an answer. I was like, yes or no? I don't want a canned response. Tell me yes or no. And they mm-hmm. gave me a canned response. It's fine. So I finally set up my new internet today. And I neglected to <laughs> log into my new internet connection on my laptop. And so I was pulling my neighbor's Wi-Fi which is hooked up from when I've been over there. So I was running off my neighbor's Wi-Fi across the street uh, while we were doing the first part of the pod, which is why my connection sucked. Well, you know, it's a tough look for me. Technology. Am I right? The internet. Yeah. You just, you just gotta, just gotta be accountable. Um, You know, look yourself in the mirror, take a deep breath and, and say, you know, we'll be, we'll be better going forward. I'd go in on Xfinity, but I don't know if they're a sponsor, and I don't know if they're going to be a sponsor someday. <laughs> so I'm ha- I've Xfinity Gold member over here. I've been a subscriber for a long time. I uh, I also have Xfinity. I've recently I recently got an Ethernet cable doing the the hardline connection into the router, so we're not messing with that oh, Wi-Fi dang. noise and uh, just all sorts of all sorts of little minor upgrades here in the uh, in the studio going on since we you know it's since an we've... ethernet cable big nas guy yeah sure that's it i i you know like i wish that's i had no, like a you, really good nod nas no, reference to, no, to you, bounce you back did the at proper you thing. that's a trash that's a bad joke no that's like a bad I'm... joke you did the right thing to not respond i gotta be better than... late in the game i threw a pick i tried to force it <laughs> i gotta be better than that i'm more of a uh like when it comes to the jay-z nas um kerf, kerfuffle uh mm-hmm. i'm i'm on the jay-z side of things no i know so i couldn't remember jay-z's song in that yeah and so i could not make the joke i wanted to make yeah uh i'm currently looking up the uh nas jay-z talk here list. on candlestick chronicles what do you yeah, think yeah, brock yeah. purdy thinks of this I do I mean, not think Brock Purdy listens to uh yeah, Takeover. Yeah, Takeover is a song. Takeover, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blueprint, great album. Shout out to um uh Corners of the Culture and and our guys oh, Kenny Caraway and, and Damian Barling. Yeah, yeah. That's that was a uh, I really enjoyed listening there. It was like maybe a year ago, but I listened to the uh the Blueprint the episode that they did on the pod. Uh, breaking that down so hell yeah this is why everyone tunes in uh niners niners bucks (laughs) now they're holding steady nine niners bucks um baker mayfield coming back to the scene of the crime from that uh october 2019 game when nick bosa now he's got two more Ohio or less, State guys. More or less with. humiliated him. Yeah, it was was Chase Young? I've been meaning to look. Was Chase Young on that Ohio State team that he that was there? Mayfield beat. He was there. 2018, 2019, and twenty twenty. No, that's not right. I think he was. So that I'm pretty sure he was. Baker Mayfield planted the flag. 
at Ohio State, September 9th, 2017. September 9th, 2017. And yeah, that was that was Chase Young's freshman year. He had three and a half sacks that season. Yeah. Okay. So glad we maybe, figured that out. Maybe Chase has a good uh is gonna give a good quote like Nick Bosa did. Do you do you have that Nick Bosa quote slash impression in your back pocket? I don't I don't know if I've got that in my bag still. You you like when you did it initially in 2019, you, it was like perfect, honestly. Yeah, no, I never so like in the ever, archives. I feel like I've done it since then and it's just not it's not as strong. Baker. Yeah. Baker. <laughs> what you doing, Baker? You gonna plant a flag, Baker? It's just so funny because they were like, hey, do you have any trash talk for him? And he's like, mm, hella shy. And he's like, it's like Baker. Just it was really, really funny. Most really sneaky sneaky funny. Um, and from like a journalist perspective, like sneaky, one of the best quotes on the team. Chase Young did not play against Oklahoma that season. Was, he hurt? was Chase Young was Chase Young ducking Baker Mayfield? Maybe. I no, hope so. I, I, I hope. I hope one of the Niners beat writers asked that tough question during availability this week. I'm going to text all of them and be like, "Yo." <laughs> um, no, but so, but on this game though, like, like we just kind of think the 49ers are back, right? Like we think that was sort yeah. of their get right game. They've had get right games the past two years, right? A lot of them have come against the Rams. Um, well, here's, here's my, here's my thing with this is if that came out of nowhere, if they were four and four and where were they five and three, four and four and just kind of were up and down and okay, good game here, bad game there. And just kind of, eh, and then had a game like that, I would not be convinced, but that's just how they look the first five weeks. We have a greater sample of them looking like they did Sunday than, than not. So for for me, it's like yeah, they're back. Yeah. So I, I'm like I tend to think that this is going to be another game where it's like okay, they just look really good, right? I, I think they're 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 veteran enough. They've gone through enough to like not to to understand that like they don't they don't have any margin for error when it comes to the one seed. Like we talked about it in last week's pods, like. At, with three losses already, they're they probably shouldn't lose any more games if they really have eyes on the one seed. Like the one yeah, seed man. is probably going to be thirteen and four at worst, at absolute worst, at worst, right? And like even the Lions are included in that conversation. You have the mm-hmm. Eagles, you have the Lions, you have the Niners. Niners already have three losses, so their best possible finish is fourteen and three. Mm-hmm. Um. So for them to get the one seed, which the only time they've been to the Super Bowl since Kyle Shanahan was coach was when they had the one seed and home home field advantage and the first round by in 2019. Um, so it's super important. And I think they understand that, right? I think they understand that they can't afford any, any trap game situations. Mm-hmm. That being said, this is like one of the trappiest of all trap game scenarios. Because you have Tampa Sunday and then what could be what I think you can make a reasonable case for. And Nick brought this up in the the group chat. Nick just getting all sorts of burn in this episode. Shouts to Nick. Well, he wouldn't come on the pod. So we're just kind of. Yeah. Um, I like saying he wouldn't come on like we gave him all this notice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like they have the Seahawks on Thursday. So. You can make the case that with the division being super important to win, what's your what? They had this exact same scenario last year. Verbatim. Yeah. yeah. Where it was Buccaneers, Seahawks on Thursday night. Oh, that's a good observation. Granted, but that, that was... wasn't going to be a trap game because that was Tom Brady and that was Brock's first start. There was like a lot of, and the Niners did kind of shithouse the Bucks in that game. They killed them. Yeah, that was tough. They were up by like, what, 24 points by halftime? Yeah. You saw Brock Purdy airing it out to Brandon Ayuk. 
Yeah. That is kind of wild how the parallels in that. Like Brock Purdy's played 17 games. His 18th start is going to come. His 18th start, in essence, is going mm-hmm. to come against the Buccaneers, who he made his first start against last year. And it is kind of wild that he made his first career start against Tom Brady. Um, so I don't think that it'll play out like a trap game. Um, I think the Niners should work the Bucks like mm-hmm. full stop. I don't know that the Bucks have a whole so- lot that the Niners really need to be worried about, except for maybe um, Evans. Yeah, Mike right? Evans, and then Chris Mike Godwin Evans. in the slot. Yeah. So I so, but it's but it's Tampa, Seattle on Thursday, then at Philly the week after that, December third, and then mm-hmm. Seattle again. Mm-hmm. And so Nick made the point that you know asking us which is the biggest game remaining on the Niners schedule and the easy answer is Philadelphia when you're talking about the one seed but the one seed is impossible if you don't win the division and winning the division means beating Seattle yeah it's the it's the game at Seattle for me if you win in yeah. Seattle assuming you they beat the Buccaneers if you win in Seattle then you're sitting at what do you know seven, eight and three you have a game, at least one game up on Seattle in the division. Plus you have the head to head tiebreaker and, and you still have one more game to go, but that would just be, that would be massive in setting them up for that Philly game where they're going to have the rest advantage. They're going to have the mini buy after the Thursday game. That's just enormous. Now, if you go in and you lose that Seattle game, it's just kind of that, that Philly game loses a lot of its luster. Yeah, so. that's true. That's where I'm at. That's true. I'm pulling up the standings I have, now. I have. Can I get two Both? things Kyle Shanahan talked about in his conference call? Yeah, I do. Ha- I uh, someone asked an interesting question in the chat, so I want to get to. But go first on Shanahan. So, the first thing. Well, first, first thing. Do you think the Ambry Thomas at corner thing is going to stay? Do you think that's just what it is now until it goes poorly and then they switch it up again? I think, yeah, I think what they'll do is they'll go that route as long as it's working. And then if there's a scenario where Ambry's just getting picked on, like we've seen happen to him and other corners in the last few years, then they might move away from it and go back to like Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why? I don't know. It just, so it was going to be like a rotation, right? But then it became clear that Isaiah Oliver on the field was their third best corner. But then that happened to not be the case, and you get Ambry Thomas forcing a fumble, and I think he allowed two catches on three targets for 14 yards the other day. And he was he was just stellar. He was really really good, and it just feels like they're just going to ride the hot hand and adjust as needed, and not on a like matchup by matchup, game by game basis. It's just a matter of like who's playing well. Like oh, let's say Mike Evans goes for three catches and 95 yards and two touchdowns against Thomas in the first two drives on Sunday. And you probably see him pulled out and you see Lenore go outside and you see Isaiah Oliver going to the slot. Like, I think that's going to be the rhyme and reason to it. I don't think it's going to be a matter of matchup. I'd have to think about it more, I think, because I do think there's an, like an element of maybe not matchup, like a personnel matchup as much as like, do you play a team that runs the ball out of 11 personnel a lot? Mm-hmm. And then maybe Oliver is the guy. I don't know. That's a good question. Thanks. That's a, that maybe maybe we run that by Nick if he ever decides to come on the pod. Yeah. If maybe Nick will just nice write like a perfect breakdown that we can just like you know run through on. on hey the Nick, can you write something? We need a pod topic. <laughs> <laughs> no. The the other thing, di- Kyle Shanahan going to go with the rotation at right guard again? Because John Feliciano is just one of their five best offensive linemen. That was so funny. Yeah, last year he's like, why wouldn't we do that? We do it with defensive linemen. Why wouldn't we do it? Because nobody does that. I asked him the question on the conference I call. I was like, what's the deal? <laughs> and he was like, I don't think this is weird. We rotate pass rushers all the time. Everybody <laughs> rotates pass rushers. Why is it weird if we rotate guards? I was like, nobody does that. Uh, n- nobody. You put like, your five dude, best offensive linemen out there. That's how that like, goes. Kyle Shanahan is earnest and like gives good answers and is mostly truthful or is as truthful as any coach in the league. But telling us that he that it's not weird to rotate guards is like, come on, guy. 
Yeah, like we watch football, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all there. Big football guys. Like we we know what's good here. <laughs> so so that was I, I think we might wind up just seeing John Feliciano starting at right guard. Spencer Burford has not been very good, and Feliciano was really good for Aaron Banks on Sunday. Yeah. Uh it did seem like Burford had one of his best games on Sunday. I yeah. don't know what that's I don't know what that's worth, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't we'll, surprise we'll, me at all. Yeah, you have well, a veteran. Banks is, is going to be out another couple of weeks. If Burford plays really well in those couple of weeks, then you know the, the calculus changes a little bit. But I just thought it was I thought it was funny that that came back up because he was more like more or less like, yeah, we like how Feliciano's been playing, so we're gonna figure out how to get him on the field. There's nothing against Spencer. Like, uh, <laughs> you can make bit. a pretty you can make a pretty compelling case that the guard play uh, has been a really big reason why the 49ers didn't beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. why they didn't beat the Rams in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. You could make that argument. And I would agree with you. Yeah. Good question um, in the chat. Let me go back and find it here. Uh, Bryce Herber asks, would you guys let Brandon Ayuk leave if it meant keeping Chase Young? His answer is no. Um yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Le- I'm not letting Brandon Ayuk leave. I'm. Re- I'm resigning Brandon Ayuk. In fact, I still think my take, although I'm loosening on this, based on what the offense looked like without Debo Samuel, <laughs> that like if it if it came down to keeping one of the two, I would keep Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily the case anymore. I do think there's potential to keep both. Um, but you know, we've seen be, we've, we've seen teams be successful trading receivers, uh, like elite ones, like Tyreek Hill getting mm-hmm. traded from the chiefs and then the chiefs going on to win the super bowl. Um, but no, I like, if it can't, if the choice was Brandon Ayuk or chase young, I'm picking Brandon Ayuk. Um, mostly because it's kind of like a culture fit uh football character type thing for me and that's not to take anything away from chase young i just think the 49ers are very clear about what they look for in the guys that they pay and that's that's one of the reasons why it was a little contentious when debo samuel was was due his contract right like Mm -hmm. they will pay guys who eat breathe and sleep football and again, I'm not saying Chase Young doesn't. He's just new to the building. And there were some like motor concerns. Um, I don't know how you really want there's to the, put it. There's the injury issue. There's the injury issue, right. And and Brandon Ayuk has been extremely durable. They both play premium positions. So I don't I don't think you can really look at it like you're choosing one position over another just purely based on positional value. I think edge rusher and receiver are pretty much equally as valuable. Um, and I think that's reflected in how each of those positions gets paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would go Ayuk and like, he's just, you know, they paid Nick Bosa, they paid Fred Warner, they paid George Kittle. Um, they're more than willing to pay Christian McCaffrey at a position that doesn't often get paid. Right. Because of like what those guys embody as like tone setters and dudes who you never have to worry about coming into training camp out of shape wherever, like having a bad practice. Right. Like I would put, Brandon Ayuk, after what he went through to start his second season, really since then, mm-hmm. he's sort of like among that group where like Brandon Ayuk's probably going to be a captain at some point. Yeah. And I don't know if Chase Young is it would ever be considered a captain, even though he is like a crazy talented defensive end right. and defensive ends are premium, but you're already paying Nick Bosa a ton of money. It, before you're punting Brandon Ayuk to me, be, you have to see what Chase Young gives you the rest of this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's was their defensive line better on Sunday in part because they had a more capable edge rusher opposite Nick Bosa, like a hundred percent. But I'm not ready to crown Chase Young as more valuable to the 49ers than Brandon Ayuk. Like yeah. that's I'm not I'm not there yet. And if he goes and what a, what do they have? They're at nine games, six and three. They have eight games left. If he has 12 sacks over the next eight games, like, okay, let's talk about it. But uh, if he's, you know, five, six sacks, I just, I, I'm, at some point you have to be able to identify edge talent that can be effective opposite Nick Bosa. And the fact they haven't done that yet is a little bit concerning. 
but I, I don't, I don't think there's a realistic scenario where I'm going to feel better about paying Chase Young than Brandon Ayuk by the end of this year. And if you do have questions about Brock Purdy and like, you know, you think he needs to be enhanced by his pass catchers, maybe you need to, you need to prioritize that more so than doing that on defense where you already have a buku amount of talent. Yep. Yep. I agree. So, yeah, it's a good question though. Um, but yeah. like the, I think the biggest point here is when it comes to like, you, you want to throw Debo into that mix, Debo, Brandon, Ayuk, um, you know, even Eric Armstead, maybe, uh, and Chase Young, like they're probably paying three of those guys at the most. And it wouldn't be crazy if they traded one of them or two of them. And, you know, like if you can get like if you can get a first round pick for Debo. Like with the year left on his contract, I don't know, like it's a tough decision. Boy. There there are going to be tough decisions made. Like this is a team that traded DeForest Buckner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, after that, anybody can go like not not DeForest him, Buckner was this generation's DeForest Buckner, like flat out to me, was this generation's Bryant Young. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. he was like that type of dude to that team and was super important. And they were like, oh, we think we can pay Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward combined what what DeForest Buckner would pay and then, you know, make up 70 percent of the difference with Javon Kinlaw. Like they might think they can do that again with somebody like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Chase Young, Eric Armstead. Like that's like decisions like that are coming. There's there's like there's no doubt about that. This is a good problem that every good team runs into, though. Yeah. You have too many good players. Yeah. I mean. No one's crying for the 49ers. No. And honestly, if they win a Super Bowl, it's not like it it matters less. It seems very dire and drastic now because they've not won anything. And so the idea of like, who do they keep? Who do they not? Comes with the urgency of. Oh my God, they haven't won a Super Bowl. How do they, who do they keep to make sure they stay in that window so they can win one? If they win one this year, those decisions become a lot less dramatic, I think. Yeah, it was like the Rams with Von Miller and Odell Beckham. And right, right. Yeah. If they, they don't win a Super Bowl this year and trade Debo for a first this offseason versus win the Super Bowl and trade Debo for a first this offseason, I could say dramatically different feeling. Yeah, agreed. Which is why there's so much urgency on this particular season. Yep. Yep. So, so that's a good question. This, this is going to be one of the most, I mean, the Niners have had a lot of interesting off seasons. Um, if they don't win the Super Bowl, this off season is going to be bananas with all the decisions they have to make. Well, you Kirk Cousins signing. <laughs> You go. Would you go for a vet man? You you bring in Kirk Cousins. Um, you sign Sam Darnold to an extension. Vet men for Kirk Cousins. Promise him an ownership stake after retirement. <laughs> just, just cheating against the salary cap. Who's got it better than us? Am I right? Yeah, I mean, so I'll reiterate this again. But the point about like the Niners' salary cap space. Yeah, here's another a good point. Trent Trent Williams isn't going to last rather ever either, and that's a ton of money off the books. Yeah, but Trent Williams is also <laughs> the like the way he's running around, the way he's playing. He's not playing like a 35 year old dude. Hey, <laughs> the the nutso thing is Joe Staley retired, and they fell backwards into Trent Williams. When Trent Williams retires, I don't think they're going to fall backwards into. I don't know who the best left tackle in the league is. Not named Trent Williams right now, but. They're not going to fall backwards into the best left tackle in the league. I don't think Laramie Tunzel is becoming available. No, probably not. Hey, the Texans though, dude. Yeah, Miko doing doing work. Um, yeah. So the point, the point on the salary cap stuff. Yeah, my guy. Uh, the thing with the salary cap stuff is like they could sign Ayuk to an extension this year and lower his cap number and make that all work. 
But the reason why they have cap space is so they can roll the cap space over to fit all of next year's salaries under the cap. Mm -hmm. Like rolling over cap space, essentially the cap's 240 million and you roll over 40 million, you have 280 million to spend. Right. That's how that works. But you can only do that for so long. And the, like the restructures, everyone's like, oh, the cap's fake. It doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not really. It, it can be on a one-year basis, but like eventually you turn well, into the Rams. Right. I, I'm, I'm going to look at the Niners cap. Like, I want to look at their dead cap because they're like, they're still paying D Ford. And I think they just stopped paying Weston Richburg like last year. They're still paying D Ford. They still owe Jimmy Ward money. They still owe Alex Mack money. Uh, I think Trey Lance is like their eighth highest paid player right now. Niners are paying $30 million in dead money this year. Jesus. Eight and a half to D Ford, 8.3 to Trey Lance, 6.4 to Jimmy Ward, 1.4 to Alex Mack, and then Kerry Hyder, Trey Sermon. Woof. Yeah. Zane Gonzalez. <laughs> We Man, need to hold John Lynch and is... Kyle Shanahan accountable for that Zane Gonzalez contract, <laughs> that albatross. <laughs> no, but I'm like the point I always make is like restructures are like paying for things with a credit card, and then you know having a payment plan. Yeah, it's not. It's not like oh, all of a sudden that money goes away. Like no, you still got to pay it. It's just it's just you're paying later. So anyway, but the cap's going up, so the dead money's a little bit easier to handle. Anyway, um. We really just knocked this Tampa Bay preview out of the park. We we just yeah we did. <laughs> really dove into the preview's not till later in the week. No, you're right. You're right. Um, to beat the Niners, I'm going to say this again next uh, on our next pod. So buckle up. <laughs> to beat the 49ers, you need to be elite at something, and do that thing really really well. And I don't think the Bucks are elite at anything. <clears throat> Mike Evans is very good. Antoine Woodfield Senior is very good. Tristan Wirfs is very good. Outside of that, I feel like the Bucks are super mid. Chris Godwin can play. Shaq Hopefully Barry. the Niners are better at football than I'm at drinking water. Jesus. Water, <clears throat> Man. Um, yeah, I agree. Kirk Cousins got the ball out quick. Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow. Since his defense is good, I don't know what the Bucks do that you're like. That's their calling card. It's <laughs> throwing it to Mike Evans. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is a oh, great they point do. The they chat. do have to. Yeah, they do great have point. to win the turnover battle. Shout out to. Uh, so don't funny. step on my. Hey, I've been researching. Don't step on my keys of the game, bro. <laughs> That's one of my. Yeah, I think. Alert. I think you really got to be good on third down. Um, and you got to convert in the red zone. Whoa, dude, stepping on the bit. <laughs> I have, I have, I'm cooking one up about the team that wants it more mm. and how important that. that's going to be. All right. Well, let's end on that tease into, uh, into the, the preview pod later this week. Um, or maybe Nick will come on and we'll just talk about his Brock Purdy article a little bit more. <laughs> You got to keep the pass. You got to keep the quarterback upright. Got to keep your QB clean. I think you got to win, win in the trenches. It's <laughs> a great point. It's a really good analysis. You got, if you don't win up front, mm-hmm. what, what football, are you winning? That's where football's won and lost. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like putting, you know, like drive for dough, putt for dough. But in this case, putting is blocking with the, with the big guys. Mm-hmm. Um, key to okay. the game. Don't put guys in sleeper hold. I think this is a warrior's reference. How are they doing? Are they winning still? They're, they're being outscored 10 to four in the fourth quarter. They tricked the lead. Carl Anthony towns is just giving them the business right now. Mm, that makes sense. Yep. Um, I'm going to be watching the Niners game Sunday from Dallas. And then I will be potting next week from the French Quarter. Hell yeah! Uh, so I, I get the I get I get the uh, you know the improved camera setup for for the office. 
only to use it twice and then go on the road for a week, but it's fine. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. That's all we got. Subscribe, rate, review. If you have not done that, wherever you get your pods, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com. Just search Candlestick Chronicles. It's right there. And that's it. That's all I got. That's all we got. Shout out to our sponsors. Uh, shout out to everybody hanging out in the chat. It's always fun when people participate in the chat. Um, obviously, the YouTube channel is uh, still in its infancy, and, and we're trying to grow it as much as we can. So if you could, give it a, uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, all of those things. You will get you'll get pinged in your pocket on your phone when we go live, and then you can just watch wherever you are. Um, and the benefit of streaming live with us on YouTube is you don't have to wait till the next morning when the pod will typically come out. This pod's going to come out Wednesday morning, but if you watch it on YouTube, you can watch it on Tuesday. So. You're welcome. You guys are welcome. Goodbye, everybody. Um, all right. We'll see you later.